Welcome to Dear Witchy Poo. I have one of my favorite people in the world, Sarah Goff. If you're a patron, you can watch us talk to each other. That's spectacular because I got a side pony today. And Sarah has new glasses. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe Cleo will show up again. She's she's still asleep. Aw. So... She's got. Oh, I love her dark hill position earlier, but. Remember when we did power animals in your apartment for the first time and Cleo kept jumping over my head? Oh, that's right. That was so weird. (laughs) I was, I was journeying and then a, a cat would take flight over my face. Well, you're also the one who is, you're the reason why we say, oh, she's making biscuits in our house. Aww. That's when you first, I've never heard that before, but she does this kneading yeah. on everybody. And you're like, oh, she's making biscuits. And I just, Sam and I thought it was the cutest thing. Aww, you guys like, she's making biscuits. Yeah, cats are little biscuit makers. <laughs> yeah. I love you guys. Um, I also love, so Sarah never heard making biscuits. We were talking for like an hour before we finally hit record. Sarah doesn't even know about cancel culture. And I do think that's a gift. I don't like cancel culture because it implies that people don't change and that forgiveness. What is it? Okay. So cancel culture, um, it started a couple years ago. And I remember um, a, a female friend I love. Um, she's this potent journalist has done some really great things, but I remember her getting very excited and saying, Oh no, he's canceled. He is canceled. And I was like, Ooh, yuck. No, I don't like all this. And that was the first time I heard it. And now people do a thing where they're, you know, do you know about the Joe Rogan stuff? Joe Rogan. They tried to quote cancel Joe Rogan. I don't have passionate feelings about people I think are catalysts. So cancel culture um, the new generation has rejected it. These kids that are teens right now, they're like, they're already rejecting it. So great news. It's going to get flushed soon. But it is when you end someone's career, you end them in the spotlight because, and Joe Rogan, he said the N word a lot. That's fucked up. Um, but he did this. Uh, I mean, I don't, I honestly have no opinions about him. I don't care either way. But he did do an apology. He he videoed uh, himself doing an apology, making an apology that he posted to his social. And um, I did watch some of it. It sure seemed sincere. Um, he also knew he was not in danger of being canceled because he makes his podcast makes so much money for Spotify. He could keep being um, a racist asshole. But I do believe I saw a man who changed and repented. And he didn't have to do that, you know? Um I don't like canceling anybody because it implies that forgiveness shouldn't be exercised. And it also says people don't change, which the whole point, you know, of these lifetimes is to learn such things and to embrace them. Um, But I did love that you didn't know what it was. Um, I also, I, I made this example recently to somebody, John Lennon, right? He said later in life, you know, after he had done a lot of really good work, he, he, what I've got, I should have looked all this up because I meant to, when I was saying this to them, you know, he got somebody released from prison who was under false charge. Like he did a lot with black Panthers, um, lots of feminist work. He did a lot of great things. 
And he outed himself and he said, when I was young, I beat the shit out of my wife and I cannot believe I was that person. He outed himself and people came for him. And he was saying, it's horrible. Don't beat women. Don't beat anybody. Right. But all they heard was I did this. Yeah. Well, and I mean, isn't that human nature? We're so addicted to suffering, right? Oh, yeah. And yes. so addicted to the dopamine hit that we get when we roll around in our cesspool of suffering. Yep. Literally just reminded someone today, let's not suffer over our suffering, but we literally roll in the compost pile and do this for long years sometimes. Yep. I I always say you're rolling around in your own filth. Yes. You're like a little pig who's right. all around and now you're rolling around in it. But then also the beautiful part about uh, becoming aware of it is that then you can begin to co-create and create a new life and create a life of empowerment instead of disempowerment. Yes. And that does take an awareness and that's what John clearly did. I can't believe I just called John by his first name, but I did it again. <laughs> <laughs> It's interesting, though, with anyone who's, you know, doing their own work in coming into self-awareness. And that is, I believe, the hero's journey. It's the, the healer's journey, all of this. When we're becoming self-aware, we're able to look at these parts of ourselves that are the villain or the bully or, uh, you know, disempowering to ourselves and others it was uh, mother Teresa when she was going to India she said I'm not going over there because I recognize my enlightenment I'm going because I recognize the Hitler that lives inside me she did have a Hitler in her do you know about her slightly but <laughs> it's fine. We don't have to, uh, yeah, yeah, Google but, comes with mother Teresa, but she also lot. did great. Yeah. But well, that's, a, that's the thing. We're all flawed. Correct. And this is the hero's journey is we all have a piece of shit moment in us. Yes. And or, the exercise. Yes. And, or a whole lifetime of it. But sages of old also recognize that the mind is mad. And if we don't take time to dig into our own shadow work and look at how we may be disempowering our own self. Yes, yes. Stories we have written about our suffering that we want to, we have great illusions that I remember being young in my 20s. And when I would first meet people, I was that person that told you everything bad that happened to me. Ooh, oh my God. I was, yeah. that, I was that person. And it was like, I wore my painful experiences like badges. And it was how I recognized my own self-worth was through the suffering I had been still yeah. suffering over. And so it's, it's a quest and that quest is where we can begin to start to really uh, wake up to our own creating with spirit. Yes. And I probably should have mentioned at the beginning, Sarah and I are hosting, co-hosting a retreat in the UK. So we're going to talk about the stuff that we're doing. We're doing healing and empowerment one, one week. 
And then the second week, we're doing psychic development. The first week's going to be real weird. First week's going to be like, it's going to be like binging purge. Well, no, no, just purging, really. But I did a lot of this work with Sarah. And we kind of want to break down a little bit of it. Um, And we were talking about this earlier, too. The victim mentality, even when we're not... You know, we think like, oh, I'm just sharing. I there, I've reached. I and I actually relate a lot to what you just said about how you used to tell everybody. You know, I'd get partners or I'd partner up, and I was like, let me tell you about all the ways I was neglected and abused. Right. You gotta know all this about me right away. Now, I don't like to tell anybody that shit because it's not really a part of me anymore. It happened to me and it shaped me, it cut me into this stone, but it's not with me anymore challenge you right there Ange. is that did it really shape you or is it the moment that you're deciding to have a new relationship with it wait I don't understand the question say it again get me the way right now at this present time in your life today April 16th 2022 when you think about those moments you're not the victim of it anymore oh yeah and we can't, so therefore you found healing from it. You mm-hmm. have transcended it. But if I'm still a victim in that story, I can't heal within the story. Yes, yes, yes. And that's where we have to allow ourselves to get into a witness state and see. And so you're right in saying you have transcended these stories. They no longer identify you today. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't even go to as far to say that they created who you are, because if they did, you'd probably be fighting depression a lot because you'd still be caught in the past of what ifs. And what you're trying to do now at this point in your life is your friend. What I've witnessed is you are choosing to be a product of your future self. You are, yes. you are choosing to be a product of your future healed state. And that means that we don't know what's going to happen. I'm not going to look through the eyes of my past to repeat that toxic relationship or to say, oh, this happened, so I need to react this way. No, you're allowing yourself to come in to no mind and transcend the past so you can have a new experience. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's self-awareness that you've been working on for years. I mean, you can't. I know I've known you for years and I've all I've seen you do is dig into the work very richly and it does take time. And that's where I think some people get, you know, flustered. Uh, but over time now you can be like, Oh, I'm no longer a product of my past. I am a product of my future. Yes. I love that attitude. I mean, that's a sticky note I should put on my fridge. Um, <laughs> I have quite a few. <laughs> It's important to have sticky notes on our fridge. It is. One of them is a thing you told me that I keep saying. um, If something scares me, I will not engage with it emotionally. Because, and this is because I think fear and anger are very similar. Um, I have so much work to do right now um, outside of working on myself, but like so much around me that needs attention. And I can't, I can't lie down and given to my emotions and like roll around in my filth. I, oh, I also do want to say pigs are actually very clean. When I said that thing about rolling around like a little pig, 
that's pigs don't actually do that. Uh, just to be clear, just to speak up for my friends, the pigs. Um, but I mean, they do fall. They roll around in cool mud, like so do squirrels. I, I would if I were a gross little animal. Um, I am a gross little animal. I'm not. I don't want to say bad things about animals. Anyway, um, but the 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 victim mentality and the fear. You're totally right about the dopamine hit, and the we have to resist every day. There's this little, you know, there are all these little triggers. There are all these little fun. I have friends who uh, I, I recently cut a lot of people out just very like gently, very peacefully, just put it down and left it alone and walked away. And we are not in communication anymore. But these were people who, when I'd get on the phone with them, they would have all these complaints and it would be like, oh, I went through the drive through and oh, but, and I'm like, how is this? Why do you want to talk to me about it? Why do you want to talk about that? Those things happen to me. And when they happen now, and I'm, I know I was different before, but when they happen now, I'm like, oh, I'm not letting that in. That's not about me. That's this poor young woman hates her job. And this has nothing to do with me. And I'm not even picking it up and putting it in my car. I'm just going to drive away with my Taco Bell, you know, and <laughs> well, again, though, that requires a tremendous amount of self-awareness, Angela. You know, what you just described, that character arch that you have had is, you know, you've gone around the medicine wheel and now you can look back in hindsight bias and say, wow, I don't just need to sit around and gossip about people. That's not actually what turns me on anymore. Well, no, it's not because it's not empowering. A dopamine hit is very brief. You get high and then you crash down. And what people end up doing is they end up repeating those negative stories to continue getting the dopamine hit, like pushing the button, push the button. Yes. And that becomes habit. And until we go, yo, let's not push the button. Let's breathe instead because the breath is the bridge and we're opening that bridge between the subconscious and the conscious brain to encourage new habits and new ways of thinking and being in the world. And that is awakening. That is the path of the Bodhisattva of, yes. you know, and that is what we are all on mm -hmm. uh, and different lineages of thought remember that our minds are mad and we need practices that help us harness our madness so that it can make sense. Yes. A lot of times we don't make it past that first uh, hurdle because I have to make the choice. Me personally has to make the choice to get out of the compost pile and dust myself off and take a new perspective on what is empowering to me personally. And yeah. that is a place where, you know, once you have been walking the medicine wheel for a while, you do come to a place of non-engagement. This is the path of the luminous warrior, of recognizing that oftentimes the best way to challenge is to non-engage, have non Yes, yes, I see this all the time. This is a problem. I've seen with people on social media and I'm telling people all the time, like, why do you give your energy to right. strangers? And it's even, you know, it's even um, going out to the world and having a fight with someone you do. Cause there's been a lot of that during the pandemic. You look at like the poor flight attendants with oh. these 
people like going crazier than ever because you know they had to wear a mask on an airplane and you know it's not about having to wear a mask like this is the the fear factor got everybody really amped up but the face that people put on strangers where you don't know this person but you're so mad and you know it's just something else like it's to have that kind of passion over someone you're never going to meet that is the biggest red flag and waste of energy. But it is hard and messy to turn it inward. And I don't like it, you know, and, and we don't have to go into details, but like you had messages for me the other day and, and I started my day with those messages and I really had to sit with them and I had to see what I needed to accept. And, and that's the thing too, like you couldn't tell me, you, you had to give me the messages I had to sift through them and decide what I'd keep and what I'd apply and what I'd reject, you know? Yeah, you were sitting in your discernment with that. Yes, and yes. Beautiful. But this is why it's so important to engage the question, what is danger? It's one of the first things I invite clients to do is just asking them to observe what is danger to them over the next few weeks and just let themselves observe, be in a witness state because it's shocking how much fear we really do encourage almost uh, because we're looking for either dopamine hits or we're looking for our own self-importance. Mm -hmm. And this is all the language of the ego. Anytime we have fear, it is the language of the ego. And slowing down and allowing ourselves to witness when I'm sensing fear, I now have a new choice I can make. And that is breathing. And then choosing to say, isn't that interesting? Because once we say, isn't that interesting? It throws that judgmental brain on what? <laughs> What do you mean it's, isn't that interesting? What? And now I can go into my discernment. There's a big difference between being judgmental and working with our discernment. And judgmental is black and white. It's yes or no. Bang. But discernment is cultivating curiosity. And yeah. how did you get there? And yes. what are you getting out of that? Why yep. does that seduce you? What are you craving from that seduction? You know, this is... This is part of our self-awareness practices. And, and we have different practices, meditations, breath work that we engage. And we are going to be really engaging those in those the first weekend in England. I'm really excited about it. Me too. Um, exercises of really zeroing down how we have played victim or bully or savior in our own lives and how we cast these characters how we cast these characters in our families, in our relationships, and how we might be able to break ourselves of these disempowering practices so that we might step into an empowering path, a path of awakening. And that is the hero's journey. That is where, I mean, the definition of bodhisattva, the Sanskrit word, is one whose goal is awakening in Buddhism one who seeks awakening. And if you step on the path, I love that quote by Rumi, once you step uh, forward, the path reveals itself. 
Uh-huh. You know, but it is that choice. Our so- We have to go, my life isn't working. I am so disempowered. I need to change some things. And this, folks, if you're looking for that, if that rings true for you, then that first weekend is going to crack you open and your soul well, to fly. This was the work. I met you when my heart chakra was busted and I sent you an email and it was such a crazy, it was such crazy, the lineup. And I hear about you from my friend, Tamara. Oh my gosh, you should watch Tamara's huge on TikTok now. She does the wife wives, these videos. She's blown up. I'm so happy for her. And she has a gorgeous boyfriend who's significantly younger. They got a two bedroom apartment in Hollywood. I can't even, her life is so beautiful right now. happy to hear all of this. Oh, well, she said, she's so special. My whole time knowing her, I'm like, you're hilarious. You should be successful. Just keep going. And boom, here it is. But um, she, yeah. So she told me about you. She was like, I don't know why I've never told you about this woman. I was like, because the time wasn't right. And I emailed you and I said, my heart chakra is uh, is a mess. And and you were like, I love that you know this. And I came in <laughs> and I still tell the first time I met you the story because it was one of the most faded soul ma- meetings of my life. And the things that clicked for me after that day, everything lined up. I mean, this was, you were such a catalyst for me. And and you are still, like, you're, you still bring me stuff all the time. You know, I'll never stop learning from you. But the, the big thing that I, that we're going to do in the retreat that I keep, um, I go back to a lot for people that, um, it's, you can't like explain it. You can't tell somebody how to do it until they sit down and do it. And when you told me, uh, you saw that the guy I was with, you saw when he was, when it was going to end and, and you were like, it's fine. You don't need this. And not the guy for you. Like it was very, it was all very clear. Um, and it ended and I was, uh, I felt a little lost and you, I wanted a one-on-one and you were like, actually, come to this class um, or workshop in your home. And it was called, what What did you call it? Soulmate, something with soulmate. Yeah, it was, um, wow, it's been so long since I've taught that workshop. But I, I said to you, I was like, oh, I don't want to find a soulmate right now. Calling in soul connection. Oh, I think, I, but I th- calling in your soulmate maybe? Because I feel like soulmate was in it, but I, because I was resistant to that. I was like, nope, I'm going to be done with that for a while, which yeah. I'm <laughs> Compatible um, soul is what I like to lean into more now. Yeah. Because well, we don't yeah. end up mating with soul. Exactly. Well, yeah, that's the truth. Well, <laughs> ain't it so? So I came to this workshop and you're just channeling. You're straight up channeling. Mm-hmm. And no notes. I was, I was blown away because there was such precision and what you were bringing in for us it was very it was all like new information but it was very easy to understand and you had us we meditated a little bit and it was all strangers nobody in there knew each other we're all on our little yoga mats crammed in you know to your living it was crammed it was packed that night it was packed that's the thing too I know something something really special is going to happen when I don't know anybody in the room oh yeah (laughs) And they all showed up for whatever read, like their souls knew. So I'll throw out all of my curriculum often and just channel because they just kind of 
They're so loud. They become I'll, so I'll also say something beautiful I saw happen there. Um, you very much undercharged for this workshop. I, I, but And I went, you had me come for free, which was very generous and kind of you. And I felt a little bit bad about that because I, as a, uh, the work we do, we should get paid for it. And I felt a little bit bad about that. And then I saw one of these people who I never, I never saw since this man, as he was leaving, he gave you like $200 or something. He gave you all this cash. And he said something like, do you remember this? He said something like for people or for, but it was something that made me feel like, like it covered me in a way, like me getting to go over for free. That couldn't pay for this tonight. Yes, and 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 you were just like, oh, cool, thanks. Like it, but it was funny because you were just used to miracles happening like that. You were just used to things like this. I count on it. I yes. like that. Well, lean into that night. That first night was when I finally, and you can tell people this in sessions. I do all the time, but I don't know. You had us practice it like there was practice where we were coming in and out of meditations and journeys and I'll never forget it it was the I still you know because I know a lot I know a lot of gifted healers and psychics this blows my mind somehow seeds were planted in our minds while we were journeying together Mm -hmm. and you said think of a photograph of yourself as a child and you didn't give an age. You didn't. You were very. It was very non-specific, wow. unspecific, unspecific. So, I had this photograph pop into my head that I hate of myself. I'm wearing a tight sweater. I have tiny awkward boobs that should be in a bra or not in a tight sweater. Right. And I had warts burnt off my chin. And then we had right before, I always chewed on my knuckles. It's a really, I don't do it anymore. Um, But I would give myself warts, which is so like witch. (laughs) And it was, it was sixth grade. I had warts burnt off my chin. I had crazy eyeliner on. um, And my mom like sent me to picture day with warts just being burnt off my chin. And it's a horrible photo. I mean, it's, it's endearing now, but um, I, destroyed all of them those don't exist <laughs> and it popped apparently into my head not, Angela apparently not. <laughs> well it popped into my head and I was like ew no but I wrote it down and then we did some more work and I'll never forget you saying because we, we were talking about the contracts mm-hmm. our relationship contracts what we learned our parents were and how we have made, which ones have we made like theirs, how much, but you, you beautifully had us each individually illustrate and go through, each of us went through our own individual journey on seeing our parents' relationships clearly and how they had affected our, and we're making, we're sitting there making lists, you know, um, journaling, you journey, I I can't remember. It was, it, it was, it feels like it was maybe like an hour and a half, two hours that we were doing this. We journey again, and when we come out, you say that photo that you imagined that you all wrote down. That's the age I could cry saying it. Like it freed me so much. That's when it all kind of went wrong. How you saw love, what you saw love should be, and that was the year that it did for me. Like, and I was punished for turning into a woman. My dad hated that I was suddenly going to be a woman. Um, and I had lots of struggles with that, but my God, it freed me. That's 
workshop. And I and it was funny when we were talking about doing this, I was like, we have to do what we did that night in your house. Like we have to do that. But slightly differently though for whoever shows up. I mean that's exactly part of the work is that it does adjust, you know, your your spirit guides, your energy, your life path. If you guys show up, then there's gonna be messages for you. It's just inevitable. It's not um it's really cool and I'm sure you experience this too. It's often that people feel like we're speaking directly to them. Yeah. And I don't know that. I'm just Sarah uh, and you're just Angela, but we are channels. So therefore things do come through just for people. And it's really lovely uh, when people get freed by it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Had that experience. Well, and it's funny too, because, you know, because we're channels, it's harder to take credit. And the more, the more I've become comfortable because I've channeled at a lot of people. Um, and, you know, one of them who you're, you're seeing regularly now, I'll never forget the night I channeled at her. We're just out at a bar. She told me a thing about her life. And bah! I had so many messages for her. And we sat there crying and holding each other. Yeah. And, and she thanks me for that. And she says really beautiful, kind things to me about it. And I'm like, but I don't get to own that because that was just, that was your yeah. And it's important, actually, that we don't necessarily own that, because if I own that, then I have to own the rest of it. Yeah. And that is not a human (laughs) pressure that I wish to have. No, no. We open, this is why we do a lot of work in sacred space. We always want to be working from a safe place. And I, I, as channels, I totally get it. This is why, um... I don't love going to bars with friends because stuff blows open and I hear things. I have to have my own protections with me when I go to places like this, but it's, um, yeah, it's work. Like it's work for us to go to places because it is, it's It's hard. I've gotten really good though. I, I, I keep my auric field all in and tight. I don't like people coming too close. Um, but which is why I, I will love say. COVID. I've thoroughly enjoyed COVID. I like it. <laughs> you sicko. <laughs> I totally pick up on all their stuff. It is been helpful for me. Yes. Well, I don't, I, I, I'm ready to return to the world of the living, but I'm so extroverted. I have all these sad placements, but um, the thing that I, the, the whole, I think one of the best things that in my work with you and in the focus of the first retreat is learning. Cause I, 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 I talked about this. I think the first time we ever had you on, this is where the magic happens, how I had a partner who had severe Tourette's. He had severe Tourette's like one of the worst cases in the world. And, um, I'm very good at loving people because like there were not there were not a lot of people who could be with that man and not be uh, I'm, I'm totally tooting my own horn right now because I loved him so much. I didn't care that he was embarrassing in public. I just wasn't embarrassed by it. And I mean, I, I'm very clumsy myself. And I don't know, I don't get embarrassed when I fall down when I do fall down with plenty. But I loved him so much that it didn't matter that when we went to movies, he punched himself in the face the whole time. What what bothered me is if it if it, he was loud and it disturbed someone else, then we couldn't stay. 
Um, I didn't want it to disturb other people's like movie going experiences and stuff like that. But I loved him regardless. But I, uh, there was a healer who we saw together and she kind of, he was an amazing public speaker. He was, he had a lot of success kind of built around having Tourette's this severe. And I mean, I fell in love with him when I saw him talk. I saw him in a public setting and I, I mean, we were, we were soulmates, but like she told him, you channel an angel. You have a magnificent angel who speaks through you and your words are important and they help people and blah, blah. And I, I was like, yeah, this makes sense. This is absolutely true. His words are incredible. He's helped so many people. And even to learn compassion for something like a person with threats, um, he rejected it. He was mad. He has a lot. I mean, he's just, a, he's, he hasn't been here a lot yet. He has a lot of ego. I'm not, I'm not judging this man. I, uh, I don't know. I still think he's a very impressive person. Um, but I'll never forget me, it clicking for me and being like, of course he channels an angel. Of course. And that's such a, wow, what a gift to have the ability to channel an angel who is giving messages to people who need them. He rejected it. And he stopped getting speaking engagements. Mm-hmm. And I thought also, um, she she told him also that he chose Tourette's because he wanted to learn these lessons. He was very mad about that. Yeah. He definitely did not like, and I understand that because I didn't live with Tourette's and it was a very hard life he had had. A very, very hard life. Um but I mean, it, this was severe. Like this was someone who would, I saw him hit yeah, himself. Emotions are a huge way in which we learn. And that yes. kind of extreme limitation though was allowing him to see what freedom and amazing bliss there is in this world. Yes. If he, you know, that contrast is so massive. Yeah. This is why well, there is medicine to our suffering. Yes. And so this was back when I started to really think, Oh, we had more control than, than we think. Like we had more to say about our challenges before we got here than we're embracing. And this is part of, because victim mentality sounds like such a negative, but it's also built in. We, you know, we want to take care of those little inner children. We want to validate what happened to them. But I also like leaving it. You know, I like setting the boundaries that that kind of created for me. And then asking people to respect whatever that is, you know, that there's that still that you have to apply and you still have to deal with the stuff that gets triggered. But for me, and it was when I started to work with you that I really got in touch with this is I did sit down with my spirit guides before I came in and I said, pile it on motherfuckers. Give me this, give me that. And, and you saw them. And I knew this about myself. I already knew this. You saw it though. You actually saw them and they were like, oh, this is like a lot. This is a lot. And I said, and I knew it was sex related. And I said, you saw me saying to them, no, it's just sex. And it took the form of rape, abuse, molestation, incest, all these horrible things. But when I was in spirit form, I said it was just sex. 
which I think is so interesting because that's where I'm back with it now. I'm like, well, that's a thing that I elected to have happen to this body because even in my life before this one, I had written about that stuff, but it had not happened to me yet. And I was fascinated by it. And I wanted to know what it would feel like to be on the other side of it happening to me. But when you saw me making my soul contract, which I know is like, that's one of your, seriously, that's one of your most impressive gifts. And people ask me all the time if I can see their soul contract. I'm like, um, maybe I'll try. And it's like 50-50, I can. And you, I'll tell people who've already worked with you and they're like, oh, I didn't ask what my soul contract was. I said, email her. And you're like, blip, blip, blip. And you just write back and tell them what it is. <laughs> what is fucking well, altered? It's often tied into the session. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. When I'm coaching people on how to, you know, maintain their destiny route. Yes. Well, even so that stuff, you know, to to imagine that our worst things, you know, the things that we make so big and we let define us about this life that to to consider that we wanted them because the purpose is to suffer, heal, repeat, and take the lessons, but also the parents. And this, this, when I released my father, and now I've recently released my mother, but I don't speak to either of them. They released me first, technically, which is fine. And this is something to people who, you know, and so many people are empaths and healers and psychics and turn it down, turn the dial down on it. But we do end up when we are working and we're getting messages and we're changing, people don't, people who don't want to do that work will reject us doing it and will reject us for it and will reject the mirror that we're holding up. And when you it was working with you that really put me in touch that workshop, especially with why I chose these people to raise me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this is analyzing what roles we've cast people in and how we've chosen to keep repeating that play, that movie over and over again. And sometimes we might drop the family but then we end up picking up friends that play the parts and we end up repeating it just in a different outfit so it is those and it doesn't only just involve looking at the disempowerment triangle and how we lock ourselves in but also our shadow work and how we hide from ourselves um, to keep us engaged in these roles that uh, I can get importance out of really is what it comes down to uh the story makes me important and in this you know also for someone who's doing psychic work any sort of clairvoyant work it's really important to look at our own unimportance be you know as as like we touched on earlier that it's not me i'm channeling something But there is a gentle balance that we have to have. And this is done through practices of non-attachment and going into no mind and allowing ourselves to be a hollow bone and committing our life to being of service to other people. And this takes a tremendous amount of humility and um, stepping out of the me and stepping into the we. And this is where we can truly transcend 
But so many young practitioners don't learn a lot of these practices and then they end up, you know, having a hard time holding session because at the end of session, they're taking everything personally and, oh, I don't think the person got it and, uh, you know, uh, oh, no, they think I'm a fraud. And then we end up, like, <laughs> yeah. that, right? And then, then people end up reflecting that back to you because you've put it out there through your own fears. But if it's subconscious and you're not even aware that you have a fear of looking like a fraud, you're still emanating that energy. And um, so these are all very important techniques that we're bringing to the table in, in both weekends. And I really think it would be most beneficial for people to take both weekends because oh, if, hell yeah. if, you are, <laughs> if you are doing psychic readings, if you are sinking into your intuitive nature, even if this is just for you to expand and flex and have fun, oh, remember uh -huh. fun? Um, that this is a beautiful opportunity to really dig into our stuff in a, in a really safe space with Angela and I holding space for you. And then going into that next weekend being like, oh, when someone sits down in front of me for a reading, if I don't have my own shadows in check, I'm going to see it in my client. And that is a really beautiful thing to come into recognition with uh, because oftentimes when practitioners do not do their shadow work, they end up doing their shadow work through their clients. And you hear it from people. They're like, Are, have you noticed that everybody is like having a hard time being in a relationship? And I'm like, no, that's no, I, I think you're doing shadow work through your clients. And oh, interesting. And so it's, important to recognize these little things um, because it also can be a real blocker to the flow and affluence of having people sit with us because if I'm not clear on my own stuff then I'm just it's going to keep getting reflected or I will reflect things onto them and that's a whole other conversation that we would have in that second week shop or just specifically about <laughs> reflections yeah um, because that's sometimes the only way a client can hear or see their own shadow work. Yep. Yep. And, and I'll also say, which, um, you know, Kat and I talk about a lot. Um, my, my, uh, my other shamanic friend healer, um, she has been going through a lot of stuff lately too. And those of us who are supposed to be doing this stuff for a living, are going to go through some shit. You go through a lot of shit. So well, I'm saying shit, but you know, there are many lessons that we were supposed to learn so that we could help other people learn them. And you get like a crazy grab bag of lessons. And I feel like that, that's also like recently I kind of have been very protective of myself and trying to draw myself in like I you know I might deactivate all my social for a while um I just don't want to have eyeballs on me I don't want to um I'm just picking up stuff from people and it's part of it is learning how to protect this part of yourself when you're doing this work um but also I think um since I started to work 
because I worked as a psychic since I was a teenager, you know, and it was always word of mouth and I'd get these parties and weird fun events. And, and the whole time I'd be like, this is crazy. Like these people are crazy to hire me. I'm not great at this, but then I always knew things. And it was like, I, I, I didn't give myself permission right. to be, you know, quote special. And it wasn't, I kept being pushed into this work, no matter what I was pushed into this work. That's part of the calling. And that is part of the hero's journey. In the beginning, there is a calling, there is a push, but then immediately after the hero is called to the path, there's beginner's luck. And (laughs) that is a very real thing. And then it goes into challenges and shadow work. And you have to look at, um, your own affinities, insecurities, and it is, it is a calling. And that is something that, you know, I see young practitioners who maybe want to do it because it looks cool and, and fun and interesting, but they have no skills. And honestly, it's really not about talent. It's about heart. And if you are of the heart to be of service and hold space for people, and let's, you know, remember what holding space is. When I hold space for someone, I'm not judging. I'm in my discernment. And I'm not attached to what they think about me. And I'm not attached to any kind of outcome. And this is why it makes it hard for young practitioners to work on family or friends is because we are emotionally connected to them. And we, whether we like it or not, have an attachment to what the outcome might look like, right? So, yeah. um, and non-suffering, committing to non-suffering. And then lastly, I'm committing to see the beauty in the poison. I'm committing to see where the medicine might be for them in all of this. And sometimes we're the only ones that can see that if the person is stuck in victim mentality or I can't make sense of this. Uh, so I, like I said before I think sticking to to doing both weekends I think is most beneficial for anybody who feels they have a calling to this work for sure uh but if if they're wanting to do their own self-empowerment work then either weekend will work out well I'd love for you to talk about the inn Angela the inn oh the inn so it's at my aunt Becky's inn in Chatteris And she, I love her. She's a Leo and she's so fiery and her husband is a Gemini and they are such spiritualists. Like they've done Reiki workshops together. They, when they come here, we go to Casa Dega. They are so wholeheartedly, they're such like embracers of spiritualism. And she, I love how freaking positive, this is what she gets. She got the boot from my family too. She's like, let's not talk about that. That's just not fun. That's why we, why we want to complain. She's so upbeat. Um, but the inn has, uh, he has um, cameras in the, like the main rooms and stuff. Crazy amounts of orbs. The activity in this place um, and I've talked about this before and this is where the magic happens, but there's the new side and the old side, which is hilarious because the new side is ancient as well. Um, right. And, and there, you can read like all the details because I put them all in the link for the retreat. But um, the old side is very ghostly. Like there's a man hater. We can't put a man in that room. Um, she's just, she's had a tough time. We'll try to help her go into the light too. But then I'd love to go in there and just be like, oh, the ghosts moved on, you know, <laughs> which of course won't happen because they have to get like ghost therapy. It's like, 
they have to be they yeah. have to be talked into letting go of their shame to move into the light. But then the other side, which is probably the side that we'll stay on. I want to stay in my old room because I just had such I brought fairies back from that room with me. And not I'm not gonna trash talk them because they will they will fuck me over later, but real active ones. And that's the thing too. Like, do you want do you want to have a paranormal experience? Do you want to have a fairy experience? You're going to have it all. The place is so potent with, and honestly, because I had, um, I pulled an all-nighter. I was doing a ghostwriting project when I was there, and I had to go down into the kitchen late at night. And in the middle, like, we're talking, like, when everything is active. And I remember going down the stairs there were two times I've done this in that inn. Um, another time I got food poisoning and I couldn't eat for three days. I was throwing up. And then in the middle of the night, I went downstairs and like got some toast. And again, everything, finally I could eat. Everything came to life. But the floorboards, the the spirits though are very gentle. They're not, I mean, there's the man hater. She's not, she's not like hurting people, but she's not, she does not like men in her room. Um, but I'm sure we could even figure out who she is. I've wanted to spend more time with her anyway because I'm fascinated by this one spirit that's in there. But I'd go downstairs and I'd hear I'd hear them all rustling and walking. Like they'd all be like, oh. And it almost felt like they were all just down there uh, expanding in the quiet. Like this is their time to be there. And it felt like they were like putting their things away and taking note of me. And the children, which I talked to her a lot, they were just here in Florida. I talked to her a lot about how we could do this because, you know, she's very um, particular, particular about people in the kitchen. And I said, we want to do, you know, Sarah has a, a ritual where you can send people into the light to make sure they get into the light after loved ones pass. And we want to do it on the stable boys. And I feel like I, I feel like they'll need a little bit of like coaxing. I mean, honestly, I would sit with them bit, every day. We'll just walk everybody through it. Yeah. And that's in the second weekend, obviously. Yeah. In the second, the second, the first weekend's about you. It's a personal experience and it's a journey of self. The second weekend is a journey of navigating how to commune with spirit, how to help spirit that might be earthbound here. And it is like becoming a counselor for them. Yes. It's but. therapy. It's their therapy. And you know, I've talked about this. You've talked about this there. They had something that made them feel unworthy of the light. God, I could cry saying that, but this is also, I think, you know, it was George, um, George from the Beatles. He would say, I meditate so that when I die, I know how to go where I'm yeah. supposed to go. And like shamans say too. That's yes. a bad time to ask for directions after you die. <laughs> That's a really good point. Yeah. yeah. So it is, but also a lot of times these earthbound spirits don't know they're gone either. So it's helping them be aware that they have crossed and that it's safe to go to this place. Yes. It's, yeah. it's such a special place, though. Um, we're also going to do, um, we're, we've got like a field trip, I think, lined up. Go to Ely. Um, there's a cathedral right across the street, right? Yeah, there's a beautiful cathedral right across the street in a garden. We're gonna teach people how to meditate, connect with the space, connect with the earth. Um, I mean, really, it's I, 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 oh, I think I've told you this story how I saw right before my when my aunt bought it, 
my cousin Katie, it was when I first journeyed with Kat um, to do past life regression. And we journeyed forever. And I saw a lot of past lives. Um, but the one was where I went back to the Sumerian land of the dead. And when we got there, I was a crow. I was a, I was a black bird. And I told her, turn yourself into a spider and stick to me. That's, I mean, and this is like, you know, this is the weird stuff that happens when you journey. But I, I actually said this to her and she did. And when we started, cause this stuff is clunky. Like if you're not used to journeying and at the time I hadn't done it in a while and I, I had a hard time moving through the world like yeah. this and, yeah. and also being like mostly conscious for this work. Um, but she turned into a spider. We met, I mean, I've talked about it on this is where the magic happens, but like I, this was my job. I was that crow and I worked there for a very long time and I was bringing the lost souls in, which I feel is still my job. Like it's still my job to get people on their path. And I still have, you know, like my mediumship stuff and the, the, the earthbounds, my God, they come for me. And in this house, they've come for miles to come here. Like they'll wander from there where they were, where they died and they come here. But it was wild because um, my cousin Katie had also seen one of my favorites uh, that day and she worked with her. And, you know, when you work with a good psychic healer, it is like getting, and I mean, I'd say this about you too, and I'm not exaggerating because I had a decade of therapy. One session with you was like 10 years of therapy, the stuff you gave me permission about. And Doreen is like that too in Casadega. You, you both are great at giving people permission to be themselves. I, she told me I was a natural born nomad and I should stop belittling myself because I don't like to stay put. And, and I'm not like everybody else in that sense. And she's the one who saw me living in a trailer and cats on the dashboard and all. And I was, and there it was, you gave me permission. What was, Oh, you told me, you said you will wander until you get to shine and oh I still love I have to put this on a hat or something you said you said you were like you have to find a way to shine or you will not settle down mm. and that's when I started the podcast with Ryan and then I got to shine and I had to you know that was a very raw vulnerable thing because I blasted my transformation and my ugly little process which I still do um, I try to keep it closer now. Like when I do Dear Witchy Poo, I usually like, I'm very careful now. I, I just, I'm more protective of my lessons. Um, oh, hey, Gemini. My favorite cat just appeared. Um, so the, the, uh, the whole point of what I'm trying to say here, and then I want to talk about this window and, the, and a good healer will be, and I, I'm very pro-therapy. I'm pro all of that. Um, but so Katie and I had these experiences at the Casadega Hotel that day and she got on a plane. I mean, it like, it changed her life. She got all this acknowledgement. Uh, it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot to be able to just sit with yourself and accept yourself. And I think that that's one of the most important things that we do in our work is teaching people the parts not to throw away. And she got on a plane and she went to her mom's new inn that she had not been to yet. And she was put in, I think it's room five. And she sent me a picture and she's like, how is this real? And there is a stained glass window in that room. And this is just a few days after I tell her about, I'm a crow. 
I'm a crow. Like I am a crow. And, and then Bethy was a spider, but like, I'm a, like when I was flying the way crows see with their eyes, I was look, I could see what crow vision was. It was wild, but there is a stained glass window in that room of a crow talking to a spider. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Isn't that crazy? And, and I knew then when she told me that I was like, oh, wow, this place has something like we do something here. Like there's a thing. And the first time I went there, Wait, what? No, this is at the inn in in England. Oh, it is. Okay. Okay. Wait, wait, is this the, (laughs) this is the, ask me there for a sec. Okay. We have about 30 more seconds. So how do you want to tell people to sign up for the retreat? Oh, the link is in the show notes. Um, I mean, it's, it's in my, uh, it's everywhere. It's uh, if you follow me on Instagram, it's in my little bio in the link tree. Um, and where else is it? Oh, that's enough, right? You can also email either of us and ask for details. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's going to be really fun. We will be doing, uh, private sessions before, um, the retreat to connect with you and help you understand how, uh, you might be held in this sacred space, like just so that you feel safe and aware that we, you know, at least one other person there knows why you are in the space. And uh, this is, you know, your own personal work and bringing practices to help you evolve and empower yourself but knowing that you are supported by one of us is something both of us feel really strongly about so you will have that option as well yeah this is it's really deep work and we did have a big talk about because the package includes drink tickets because there's a pub there too i mean it's the food is amazing though and it's all vegan this is all vegan (laughs) she is designing a menu of options so you can pick whatever you want but um, they started, they created a vegan menu after I visited and they get people who drive in from hours to eat this vegan wow. food that she does. Beautiful. She's such a good cook. But um, we are discouraging. I mean, like the first night or the second, it is really deep work and uh, like a glass of wine. Okay. But we're hoping everybody will just drink tea and sit by, well, I almost said the fire, it's August, so the fire will not be lit, uh, but just like hang out in the pub, which is really cozy. And like, you know, we just hang out, sip tea, go to bed early, whatever. Um, and it's then let healing, loose. It's a healing space. We're not going to. Yes. yes. And this is work that you don't want to do no. um, when all your pistons aren't firing. Not that you're going to be hungover, but I do think alcohol is a fun escape. It's an easy escape. And you want to be present for this stuff because, man, you just want to be journaling your ass off while you're seeing this. You know, it's it's a lot of stuff that's going to come up and there's stuff that you're going to get a glimpse of and you'll work on a year from now, you know, or later down the road. But it is it's a lot in one week. Yeah, and sugar in the system just doesn't help us sit or journey easily because our mm-hmm. body is restless and we have a lot of toxins. So that's all. Yeah, yeah. I'm not into sugar. I, I have such sensitive. Well, you know, we both are sensitive to everything. Like, that's part of this. I mean, right now I can't hear out of this year because the beautiful Jasmine is killing me. And I'm, I, I go down, I stick my face in it, and I'm like, kill me harder. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, awesome. I can't wait. I'm really excited for this retreat. I think it's going to be too. beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. And what a neat space. I'm so excited to meet your aunt and uncle. I, I know. You guys are going to love each other. Yeah. I've been dying for you to all connect for a long time now. It's going to be neat. But yeah. So if you guys have questions, concerns, um, email us. You, the, uh, there's a lot of information in the link that I'm posting. Oh my God, I got to go kiss this cat all over his face though. He's really laying it. He's so good at seduction, this Gemini. Um, so uh, yeah, just reach out to us. Um, uh, can you think of anything else we should throw in here? I don't know. Oh, you want to let us know by mid-May? Oh, yes. Down enrollment. Uh, yeah. We are on this because there are- We don't have a lot of space. But also, yeah, we aren't going to, well, I, yeah, I think around mid-May. If enough, if we don't get enough bookings, we're going to push it back. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think it's going to be fine. But yeah, do, don't, don't sleep on this, you guys. And there are only nine rooms left right now. Yes. Great. Woo. I right. love you, Sarah Goff. Thanks, Angela. Love you. It's going to be super fun. Oh, um, and I'll just say my tagline because it's a podcast. Until next time, keep living a life that's worth burning for. <laughs> that's your tagline. Isn't it good? It's so good. Hilarious. You're- <laughs> I mean, should I take credit? Did somebody give me, did I channel it? Probably. I shouldn't even. Oh, <laughs> uh, you are a piece of work, my friend. Aww. beautiful piece of <laughs> I love you you're so good I love you too fun. I needed a dose of you <laughs> yes well come to the UK and we'll all get a dose of each other <laughs> <laughs> big ol' dose and then there's karaoke parties at the end oh yeah that's happening isn't it yeah and vegan buffet my aunt's doing a vegan buffet at the end and we have a karaoke dance party and it is the best Sarah it's gonna be so fun when we do karaoke together it's the best karaoke system and acoustics I've ever experienced in my life and I am a karaoke connoisseur so like every song David has a weird magic connection to literally and you just go to the laptop and you search and every I mean I did songs that you can't get on freaking Spotify it's crazy (laughs) So All right, I'll talk about that one. <laughs> All right, I love you.